Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum, who was traveling. And hopefully, Chris, you didn't travel anywhere near the stench that was emanating on Sunday night from MetLife Stadium. How were your travels, buddy? And do you have any quick thoughts on week one? Yeah, is that what that was that I detected? Uh, <laughs> travels were actually quite good. I was in Baltimore, in Charm City. I thought that was that smell was just kind of the city, but turns out, no, it wasn't. I went, spent some time with friends, went to Baltimore Comic-Con. That night I went to a concert. It was one of the best Saturdays I can remember in a long time. And yeah, I, I mostly avoided, <laughs> thankfully, that we'll just call it a game on Sunday night because technically that's what it was. And honestly, I think I don't the, I have thoughts on it, but I think maybe the less time spent on it, the better. And you know, we, we have another game coming up. It's rapidly approaching and hopefully this one will have a little bit different outcome. Hopefully. And I should be in attendance at that game. If anybody is heading to that game, slide into my DMs. I'm meeting up with a bunch of people at a bar. I'll send you the bar beforehand and should be a good time. I'm out here in Arizona, obviously. And the Giants should win this football game against a team that is ostensibly tanking. Like they're not going to say they're tanking and maybe they're not tanking, but they have made a lot of moves to suggest that they are tanking with a new coaching staff and a new general manager and Monty Ossenford who has come into town. But the Giants have their own issues right now, not just the fact, Chris, that they got their asses kicked 40 to nothing <laughs> at home against the Cowboys. But you have Andrew Thomas, who has this hamstring issue, who is now limited on Thursday, at least. I don't envision, and I'm not a doctor, but I don't envision that the Giants are going to put Andrew Thomas out there against the Arizona Cardinals when they have to play a short week and travel to San Francisco after arriving here in Phoenix. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on the Andrew Thomas situation and the fact that Matt Parrott has a hyperextended elbow, which would want, which would lead one to believe it could be Joshua Zudu, who played 14 respectable snaps against the Cowboys at left tackle. But that's also something that is, you know, it, it, it's not something that inspires confidence just because this guy has played all over the line and doesn't have a consistent position. And you're putting him out there against a defense that doesn't have the talent of the Dallas Cowboys, but is a pretty energetic team in the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, starting with Andrew Thomas, I would I would almost expect that he sits this game out and either Matt Parrott or Josh Azudu, whichever one is, the Giants feel to be their best option at left tackle gets the start. Uh, it, it's something we've talked about, maybe not quite a bit, but a few times. Hamstrings are tricky. You know, it's, it, it's an injury where even if you're feeling 
better, you might not be better. And you could re-injure the muscle. And they can take more time than you really expect, really feel they should take to get back and get healthy because it, it's really a muscle that you're using constantly. If you're standing up, if you're walking, if you're doing much, pretty much anything, your hamstring is going to be under some level of tension. It's like if if you're a gym rat and you have a tough leg day and you get that hamstring doms, you're going to oh. be walking funny for a while. <laughs> so, yeah. At least according to tests and whatnot, Thomas's hamstring is intact. It's not healthy. It's injured, obviously. Uh, reports out of practice today say he is walking gingerly, but it, there, it, there doesn't seem to be any structural issues, no tears or anything like that, at least not significant. So th this is hopefully a short-term issue, but... I would be surprised if he is out there against the Cardinals with the San Francisco 49ers looming less than a week later on Thursday. And even that, just given how close together these two games are with a cross-country trip in an airplane, you know, that is – this is kind of the worst possible time for this injury. Absolutely. And Matt Parrott, too, I, I don't know if he is – questionable or what his status is right now has brian dable given an update on that that i missed i know he had a hyperextended elbow he was on the injury report with an elbow but it does seem like a lot of outlets are reporting on the fact that he could receive the star do you have any information on that chris i haven't seen anything just yet i think he might be limited at least in this thursday practice i would at least pencil him in as the starter unless something else crops up or just th that elbow isn't isn't there it isn't ready because you know you offensive linemen their hands their arms are their tools so if he can't deliver force through that arm that's a weakness the opposing team is just going to attack Graham Gano also popped up on the injury report with the ankle injury. I think he got cleated, if I'm not mistaken. Brian Dable said in yesterday's press conference that he'll be fine, so expect him to be out there. But then Zeno Jolari supposedly got injured in practice on Wednesday, and it's his hamstring, and he's limited. He's limited, I believe, on Thursday now. That's another concern because it's a short week for Aziz Ojolari as well. And we know his history with these soft tissue injuries. Last year it was the calf. Now it seems like the hamstring has propped up. I don't know how serious that is. But still, man, like this is a player who fully healthy you want to believe in because he puts the tape out there. You see his flexibility, his burst, all of those things. But damn, Chris, if, if he can't go either, that's just another knock on the Giants defense. Although I, I still think the Giants will take care of business without Aziz Ojolari, but you never want a soft tissue injury to plague a player who has had a history with soft tissue injuries. Yeah, that that's something I think is definitely worth monitoring. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see. He might be limited. He might be on a pitch count. Maybe he's a designated pass rush or something like that in this game. Or like Andrew Thomas, they could hold him out and just believe that they've got enough depth and just with Wink Martindale scheming, they can do enough work without him to allow him to rest up for that 49ers game. Yeah, that that's obviously a gamble on the Giants part because it's week two and the Cardinals are really considered the worst team in football or at least the worst roster in football. I think they do have players, but 
without Kyler Murray and with a defense that is, we'll say, being rebuilt, yeah, this is still a must-win game for the Giants because just the start of this schedule is absolutely brutal. Very must win, and they should take care of business. And if they don't, that's a massive issue, a massive issue. So let's go right into the Cardinals offense. One of the reasons why we're sitting here saying that this is a must win game for the New York Giants, I don't believe we're being hyperbolic, is Josh Dobbs their starting quarterback. And that's not necessarily a slight on Josh Dobbs, but Josh Dobbs was a Cleveland Brown throughout training camp and preseason. And the Cardinals went out and traded a fifth round pick, got a seventh back along with Josh Dobbs. And the first snaps this guy took as a Cardinal. They were in week one against the Washington Commanders. And Josh Dobbs, this dude's a rocket scientist, like legit a rocket scientist, smart guy. He's 28 years old. He was a fourth round pick back in 2017 by the Pittsburgh Steelers. But this is somebody who just does not air the football down the field. In his career, he has a 5.1 yards per attempt. He wants to keep everything short. That's one reason why Zach Ertz had 10 targets, which he turned into 21 yards, which is kind of impressively bad in week one. So Josh Dobbs, Zach Ertz, and everybody else on this team, I think they have a talented running back in James Conner, Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown. That's a solid 11 personnel package. I think Michael Wilson is very underrated. Only reason he fell to pick 95 was because he had all of those injuries at Stanford. But when he's healthy, as we said, covering the draft, very deliberate, very explosive type of uh, route runner. But they don't have a deep passing attack. The Giants can sit. The Giants can pressure. The Giants can load the line of scrimmage. Giants can shut down the run, put Josh Dobbs in the second and third and long situations, and then they can either bring the pressure or simulate that pressure, drop into coverage, try to get some interception opportunity. This this defense should have a bounce back game against this offense. And if they don't, then we're going to be having some interesting discussions next week. Yeah, it, the Giants defense should play better. And if there's one thing I am really expecting... I'm expect, expecting Wink Martindale to bring pressure because he didn't bring as much as I was really expecting against the Cowboys. Now, part of that is as the game got out of hand, Dallas was able to lean more on their running attack. And really, the, the Giants just were not in a position to unleash their pass rush such as it was. But also, you talked about how Dobbs likes to he does not like to air it out. He's got a pretty strong arm. He can deliver the ball with a zip, but yeah, most of their offense, most of their passing offense is 10 yards or less. It is, there's a lot of it behind the line of scrimmage. There's a lot right around the five yard line. So part of that is to keep, keep Dobbs uh, comfortable since this is a brand new offense, but also part of it is to protect their offensive line. Like, like you said before, they do have good skill position players. You know, Giants know Zach Ertz. Hollywood Brown is very fast. Rondale Moore, he can do a lot with the ball in his hands. Michael Wilson, again, a guy we both liked in, in the pre-draft coverage last year. James Conner, good running back. But their offensive line, and this sounds kind of familiar, the Cardinals have Will Hernandez at right guard and rookie Paris Johnson Jr. at right tackle. If there's one thing I absolutely completely expect, it is for Wink Martindale to attack the right side of that offensive line. I'm expecting blitzes. I'm expecting stunts, twists, just everything. And if Aziz Ojolari can go, that's probably where he's going to be. If not, look for a lot of Kayvon Thibodeau lined up across, for, across from Paris Johnson. 
Absolutely. You're going to see a lot of KT against Paris Johnson. They're going to test him. He's a, he's a good football. He's a good football player. Like he's, he's athletic, but I'm hoping Kayvon Thibodeau's intelligence, we're going to see it because you have seen Kayvon Thibodeau go up against veterans and try to set them up right in the past. Even as a rookie, he was trying to do it. He would use a bunch of different outside moves and then he would hit them with an inside move. You can do that against Paris Johnson and no slight on Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez, we, we know who he is, but you can manipulate that protection and get after Josh Dobbs. And the primary way to do that is to get Josh Dobbs off script and to get him into those second and third and long situations. And that's what I expect the Giants to do. I think the Giants defense, they're going to bounce back in this game. I think they're going to get after Josh Dobbs and they're going to apply the pressure. I think they're going to attempt to rob a lot of these quick little stick routes, these quick slant routes. There's going to be bubble screens. They're going to work the RPO. They're going to try to do everything to get the football out of Dobbs' hands very fast. That's one reason why we have James Conner with like a 16.7% target share. It's just a lot of checkdowns, a lot of just get rid of the football. I think the Giants are going to be tracking on that. You got to force this guy to push the ball downfield, do what defenses do to the Giants sometimes, right? Like make make them prove to you that they're a threat. And I do believe the Giants trust Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins. Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins looked fine against the Dallas Cowboys. Trey Hawkins had what? He slipped once and he had the PI against Brendan Cooks, but honestly, that's not a PI if it was Sauce Garner. It's not a PI if it's Patrick Sertan. It's only a PI because Brendan Cooks, A, sold it very well, and B, it's because it's a six-round freaking rookie in Trey Hawkins. So I trust those cornerbacks with Josh Dobbs at quarterback against a pretty talented 11 personnel package in Rondell Moore, Marquise Brown, and and uh, Michael Wilson. Also, their 12 personnel package is going to consist of Zach Ertz, as we said, but Trey McBride, the 2022 Mackey Award winner. I think the Giants will respond to 12 by putting another safety down on the box. You're going to see some cover three looks. I don't think the Giants are going to be giving the uh, offense too many gaps. I think they're going to crowd the line of scrimmage because they don't trust Josh Dobbs to air it out because he's really never proven that in his career yet. I know he has a strong arm, but he just doesn't really use it all that often. And he's also played on teams that didn't necessarily have the best offensive lines, like Pittsburgh, for instance. Yeah, or the Cardinals in this instance. <laughs> yes. There are definitely going to be areas of this offense that Wink Martindale can attack and some pretty favorable, I think, matchups for the Giants. I would say the only thing or the two things really that kind of worry me is number one, Zach Ertz, because tight end. <laughs> like going back and watching the Dallas game, there were plays there to be made by the Dallas tight ends, but they just straight dropped the ball. And yeah, Jake Ferguson did not have a great game. No, not at all. So Zach Ertz, he has been a thorn in the Giants' side for a long, long time. Yeah, going back to, of course, his days in Philly. And Trey McBride, is he isn't as athletic as some of the tight ends in the NFL. Like He's nowhere near as athletic as Darren Waller or probably even Daniel Bellinger. But he is a good route runner. He does have reliable hands. He is a good tight end. And then you have Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore. Those guys can move. So if they get some separation, if, they, if they're able to be schemed space run after catch could be a problem. The Giants did miss, I believe it was eight tackles against the Cowboys, which granted the conditions were not great in all of that rain, but that that is something I think the Giants need to at least be aware of. They need to execute. They need to make sure they're not giving Arizona those chances to pick up 
sneaky yards and just hang around. Alrighty, before we get to the Cardinals defense, an interesting defense, but one that doesn't really have top end talent other than maybe Buda Baker. Let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at SB Nation. All right, Chris, let's get to know this Arizona Cardinals defense. Jonathan Gannon is their head coach. So it's going to be a Jonathan Gannon type of defense. And what does that mean? We know that very well. He was the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to run a lot of quarters. You're going to have a lot of match type principal defenses. In the past, we have seen Mike Kafka manipulate poorly coached match defenses, specifically with more so the Minnesota Vikings a little bit with the Indianapolis Colts, even though that's a little bit more of a base cover three with Gus Bradley as their defensive coordinator. But we saw that down the stretch of the season. Didn't necessarily work against the Philadelphia Eagles. I would contend the primary reason, and there are a lot of variables to this, but the primary reason for that, Chris, was just off the talent, mainly on the defensive front. Because when you can rush the passer, those routes, it takes time to develop. You're not going to be able to actually take advantage of the defensive rules that you know how to exploit. But the Cardinals don't have that type of pass rush. I get that they sacked Sam Howell six times, but their pressure rate was like 15%. It wasn't high. It might have been 17%. It wasn't a high pressure rate. A lot of those sacks were was either Sam Howell trying to evade the pocket and not being able to. I think two of them were that. The one was a strip sack fumble where he tried to roll out, and it was a good play by De- Dennis Gardeck, a player who, if he sacks Daniel Jones against Evan Neal, I think Giants Twitter is going to lose it. Just a, <laughs> the pure overachieving undrafted free agent from 2018 out of Sioux Falls got type of guy we would love if he was on the New York Giants but the Giants should be able to run the football against this team and I think that's how they're going to start I think they're going to run the football to set up the play action passing attack and that's where they will take their shots and they're going to try to establish a rhythm but I still think the offense this week will run through the run what say you yeah I think that's fair yeah the if we're looking at this Cardinals defense, the strength is in the back seven. Yeah, they're off-ball linebackers and they're secondary, and the safeties in in particular among those those secondary players. Yeah, this is very much a Jonathan Gannon defense. They blitzed, I believe, twenty five percent of the time, according to Pro Football Reference. That's basically right in line with what he did last year in Philly. In fact, it's a little bit more, but it's it's in line with it. And I think and Chris are, too, not to cut, yeah. not to cut you off, but oh. I think it was like nine percent of those blitzes were cover, or nine percent of their plays were cover zero. So a lot of those blitzes were cover zero blitzes, trusting those young cornerbacks. And this is against Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin, two very good wide receivers. Yes. If they attempt that same approach against Daniel Jones, I expect Daniel Jones to find Darius Slayton or Jalen Hyatt for a big play. Yes, or at least attempt to. Whether or not it becomes a big play, that. That depends on a few other factors, you know, like the Giants' own protection holding up, which is going to be, that I think is going to be key. Again, the the right sides of the two offensive lines might just tell the story of this game, but I definitely agree with you that we are going to see a lot of running early and often in this game. Uh, it will probably be through Saquon Barkley, though I also expect quite a bit of Daniel Jones carrying the ball because one thing I did notice from the Cardinals is that they play hard they play fast but that also kind of meant they were vulnerable to quarterback runs they bit hard on mesh points and misdirection with the Washington offense and Sam Howell is an athletic quarterback he is a good running quarterback back in North Carolina he was their leading rusher in his final season 
So I fully expect to see a lot of that from the Giants. And then again, those shots downfield are going to happen. I don't expect to see too much blitzing from the Cardinals defense, except in high leverage situations. You know, the third downs, uh, maybe obvious passing situations. They don't have too much of a natural pass rush. They've got a whole bunch of guys who are about six foot four and 290 pounds, 285 to 295. So that is one reason why I, I wouldn't be surprised if Andrew Thomas sits out because a lot of their front four, front seven, their defensive line are really power rushers, at least from what I was able to tell. They didn't have a whole lot of speed coming off the edge or anything like that, with the exception of B.J. Ojolari, uh, Aziz Ojolari's younger brother, who was just drafted this year out of LSU. But interestingly, he barely played against Washington. I would love for the for them to put Ojolari out there because the Giants can run the football down Car- the Cardinals' throw if Ojolari's out there. Not to knock Ojolari, but he's not a good or physical run defender. Instead, the Cardinals opt to play Zaven Collins on the edge and Cameron Thomas, two more physical, bigger type of bodies. See, that's the thing, though, man. Like The Giants averaged five yards per carry, not including quarterback runs, on that first drive against Dallas. Like, I think they're going to be able to run the football. Like, Mark Lewinsky's terrible in pass protection, but he's not a terrible run blocker if he's still going to be out there, which it looks like he, he will be. Maybe they'll change something up, especially if he makes mistakes like he did in week one. So I think the Giants can run the football, even against their bigger fronts that include Zayvon Collins and players like Cameron Thomas. But one player to circle, for sure, is Buda Baker. Loved Buda Baker when he was back at Washington. He's been one of the more underrated players in the league. He's the big difference maker on this defense. I would say it's him and then Jalen Thompson, who is their nickelback. Both of them, they're both like safeties by trade, but the Cardinals use him as a nickelback. I am wondering, though, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. Do they use Kaiser White when they are in man coverage? Because, again, they run a lot of match principles, which means that their assignments are going to be assigned basically off the route distribution after the play post snap. But when they are in man covered situations, which I think they were in cover one, like maybe I think I have it here. They were in cover one about 7.7% of the time. So not often, but who's going to go up against Darren Waller in your opinion, when it is cover one, because Buda Baker's five, nine, not a big guy. Jalen Thompson's five eleven, a little bit bigger, but still big mismatch. Kaiser white, who is, a safety out of West Virginia that has converted to linebacker who is with the Eagles and Jonathan Gannon and is now in in uh, in Phoenix. Do you think Kaiser White is going to handle that responsibility? Because if so, even though there's a size, not even comparability, but just more size for Kaiser White, I, that's a, such still a mismatch advantage from an athletic standpoint for Darren Waller. Yeah, I, th- I think Kaiser White could be in it, could be on Darren Waller. Could even see Zayvon Collins get some coverage responsibility with Darren Waller because Collins was he was dropped into coverage against Washington and he wouldn't be giving up much size. However, he is a pretty darn good athlete out there on the hoof. He isn't as good an athlete as Darren Waller, but at Six four, almost six foot five, two hundred and sixty pounds. He does have a four six forty. He does have a good broad and vertical jump, thirty five inch vert. Uh, I believe 
10 foot two broad. His agility might not be there the same as Darren Waller's, but at least he wouldn't be giving up a ton of size and he might be able to hang with him in like the, the short to intermediate area where the giants do like to have their, their tight ends running horizontally. Anything else, Chris, on this game? I think the Giants could have success with their receivers against the young cornerbacks. They have a rookie sixth-round pick as well, Cottrell Clark out of Louisville, playing as a starting cornerback. Marco Wilson, the kid from Florida who famously threw a shoe. He is their other starting cornerback. So both the young corners out there. And again, Jalen Thompson manning the the slot, who's a very talented player that I don't feel like gets all that much hype but he's he's a good football player so but if you look at the secondary obviously Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson are, are plus players but everybody else seems like they could be exploited like they're young they're neophytes so the Giants passing attack if it's set up well by the run I think could also have success which goes into what you said a little bit earlier about Daniel Jones having maybe a bounce back game you might have been referencing that towards the run but I can also see the Giants having some success through the air especially if they soften the defense up with the run yeah, I think this is an opportunity for the Giants to have a bounce back game to uh, maybe not uh, make us forget about the Dallas game, but this is a game they should win, and I do think they will win it. Like you said before, though, if they don't, uh, oh, geez. that I think is when the alarm bells start ringing. This shouldn't be a must win game, but it really kind of is and it's going to be very interesting to see you know this the one thing that i haven't seen talked about is that jonathan gannon does know the giants you know he has coached against them quite a bit now last week he obviously you know he's coached against washington but washington is a little bit new they've got a new quarterback they've got a they've got eric Bieniemy in there as their new offensive coordinator this is the second year for the Giants and the Giants coaching staff and Gannon did see them three times last year. Now, obviously he doesn't have the talent at his disposal that he had in Philly, but I, I do wonder just how much of that familiarity is going to play in. And also on the flip side, Mike Kafka, Brian Dayball, they are the tendency exploiters. How much will their familiarity with Gannon and his defense factor into how the Giants call their offense. You know, one thing I that kind of jumped out at me watching the Dallas game was just how well prepared Dallas was for the Giants schemes on offense and defense. And Dallas kind of did to the Giants what the Giants did to a lot of other teams back in 2022, just knew what was coming and exploited their tendencies. I'm really going to be really going to be interested to see how the the coaching matchup plays out in this game. Well, you got to make them pay then because Jonathan Gannon had no respect for the Giants passing attack last year. Not a lot of defensive court, no defensive coordinators, really. <laughs> if we're going to be honest, watching the tape, respect the Giants passing attack in the NFC East. They all play on those quick stuff, every single one of them. And if you remember in the playoffs against James Bradbury and Jonathan Gannon's defense, what did they do? They sent a blitz through the, I think it was the B gap right into Daniel Jones's face, unaccounted for very well-timed blitz, very disciplined blitz. And then they brought James Bradbury down from a quarter's look to rob Darius Slayton and ended up being an interception. So they're going to be aggressive and sit on those routes unless the Giants 
are going to make them pay for it by hitting a ball over the top. So that's why I hope to see some big play to Jalen Hyatt, some big plays to Darius Slayton to soften that coverage up and make them respect Daniel Jones and the Giants passing attack. But Chris, anything else before we get out of here? Nope. I I think we've about covered it. We've got most of the angles covered. The only other thing to watch is the offensive line and Andrew Thomas, because that's kind of the other big elephant in the room. That's the other big factor in this game. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. If you have not done so already, please like and subscribe, comment on the podcast, and head on over to BigBlueView.com where you can find all of our written content. Thanks, everyone. Take care of each other, and geez, Giants get a win.